of our Trump days here in America. <laughs> right. We hope that you guys follow us on this journey as we plan to push the boundaries, challenge social normalcies, and challenge you, our listeners, to think outside the box and maybe join in on the conversation. I might me improvising a little bit when I laughed and was like, yeah, so blah, blah, you know, just those little things. I feel like you could have did a little more and like maybe to personalize it and make it a little more like, you know, cutesy and like fun, you know? Oh, oh. so how could you do it? One little laugh, one little snarkle. She thinks she does. Gotta go to Globe, girl. Don't be disrespectful. Don't be disrespectful. Don't be demeaning. It was a really good thought. She better think she must stream now. Wow. I'm living my best life. I ain't going back to folks for you niggas. I'm living my best life. What's up? We're back oh. with another episode of Politically Uncensored with me, Zakori Uncensored, and my problematic fave again, Spicy underscore Mustard. Or the mother of the house of Evangelista, <laughs> mother of the year. <laughs> That's what they call me. Okay. Or, or you're giving me more candy, but okay, we won't go there. Ooh. Never. House of like veracity. Lulu. <laughs> Lulu veracity is what I give you. Now, Candy, I can never stoop to those levels of hitting a girl with a hammer. Too classy of a girl for that. <laughs> All right. So welcome back to Politically Uncensored. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Zakori Uncensored, Z-K-O-R-I Uncensored, and Spicy underscore Mustard. All right. Cool. Yes. So... We wanted to start off this week with a little something different, and we wanted to introduce it with our new little segment we want to do. And again, hopefully it stays consistent if, you know, uh, Black men stay consistent out here in the world. But our new segment is going to be called, you know, Little Black Boy Joy. And again, it's just to give homage to those who are out there doing good in our community and out there giving Black men a good look. So we wanted to do the segment because we're very passionate about black men and um, black boys specifically being shown in a good light. Yeah. Yeah. What he said, my version was better. Okay. <laughs> but in light of that, though, there were two people that we wanted to give a shout out to this week. One, of course, I'm sure you all have heard about LeBron James. Yay. Shout out to him for opening up his new I promise school out in Akron, Ohio, which I think is just a phenomenal thing. Have you heard about it, sir? Um, I have heard about it. I think that it's awesome. I think that taking, you know, your money and your power, someone who's as influential, influential as him, I think it's a really, really, like, way to give back to the community, so. Yeah. Exactly, because, like, the thing is with this school, what I found it just be so amazing about it. It's just everything that it's doing as far as, like, giving back to the kids, because, like, with the school, it's really for kids who are at risk of, again, not graduating or making it to the next level. And though, again, right now it's only for third to fourth graders, but I was reading an article that said, like, from here on out each year, they plan on adding 
a new grade. And they say hopefully by 2022, uh, they hope to have the school uh, fully developed for a first grade through eighth grade students, which I think is just an amazing thing. Again, just shout outs to him for that. Third and fourth grade only though? So it's one grade? Well, it's for two grades, but again, it's just, again, it's, it's, it's a startup school for, like I said, for those who just really need that extra attention. Because like I said, like with the school, also like one thing I, I thought this would be amazing about the school was that each school that, well, each student, that, excuse me, that graduates from the school, they get a scholarship to um, Akron University um, in the state. So I'm like, it's good that, again, he's just promoting education. They're getting a scholarship like, in the third and fourth grade? Yeah, and, and, and look, mama and daddy are sitting there very happy. Okay. Because I know the hell I would be. Okay, great. Look, that, that's amazing. Obviously, in clarity, uh, that all sounds really oh, awesome. yeah. Sounds really great. That's awesome. Shout-outs to LeBron James. That's Yes. Shout-outs to somebody actually doing good out here, unlike y'all president. But oh, my that's God. Not We're there. starting early, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, he started early. I might as well get my folders and start early, too. Okay. But aside from LeBron, another big shout-out to... Someone that I know, me and Zakori love, kinda is, I I can say for me, an inspiration to why we started our podcast, and that is to Kid Fury, for him and Lena Waits' new project that they have coming out with HBO very soon. So again, I advise you guys to all be checking out for that. Awesome! Yes, that's really exciting. I love Kid Fury. Um, I love his like crass, how outspoken he is. I love how like sarcastic he is, his dry sense of humor. He's really awesome. He's another one of like my, I can say weird crushes, but a lot of people don't understand why I crush on him, much like Sam Smith. But I think he's really Cause amazing. he had bad bitch. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, he's awesome. And um, I listen to his podcast every week, The Read, so you guys should check it out. Cause he's- Yes, shout outs to The Read. And those is called Black Boy Joy. But again, still want to give just shout outs to again, Lana Waithe as well, just cause again, for those two to be prominent black gay figures out there just we're excited to see similar faces that look like us and have our same backgrounds out there doing yeah. these great things i love her she's so gay like openly gay and proud. <laughs> like it's just awesome to see like she's always gay everywhere she goes and lets it be known that she's gay amazing yeah she's awesome um speaking of out that's crazy that she brought up out magazine because apparently they have been like tweeting about this whole like debacle between Kim K and Tyson Beckford. Um, if you're not familiar with it, the Shade Room posted a photo of Kim K in a very form-fitting outfit um, a few days ago. And basically Tyson Beckford was not here for it because he commented and said, I quote, I'm not here for it. And um, he basically said, <laughs> he said that the doctor fucked up and that um, her right hip, it's like distorted, which in the photo, I will say it did look a little distorted. Um, now, basically, Out Magazine has been tweeting, and a lot of people are uh, outraged about the fact that they're saying that Kim K's response, which basically was, sis, we all know why you're not here for it, is pretty much a homophobic um, response, basically, trying to say that if there was some underlying homophobia in it. Um, also, I guess the question is now, is sis the new slur. Like people are saying that it's a reach. Some people are saying it's a reach because sis is not a mm. slur. And um, I want to know what you thought about the whole thing. And then I'll let you know what I thought. Well, me personally, um, I agree with Tyson, you know, her body did look a little botched. 
but again, as far as her comment back, do I think it was homophobia? Not in the least. I just thought it was, you know, like good Judy's go back at it and forth with a little bit of good shade. That's what I presumed it to be. And again, if I was Tyson, I would have hoped he would thought of that because again, it was an easy read back for her because quiet as it's kept. Her man might as well be a sis too, but that's neither here nor there either. I, um, I, well, I wish it was that simple for me. Like, I wish I could have read it and just like, okay, whatever. But I do read into things often. Like, I internalize a lot, which is like a blessing and a curse. Um, so what I got from it was first and foremost, I don't believe in body shaming as well. So I think that for Tyson to comment that was, you know, as sensitive as men are about their sexuality, women are just as sensitive about their bodies. Many women have huge body insecurities and a lot of them get work done because of it. So I don't think it was right for him to comment and say that if you were not here for it and you didn't like it i don't feel as though you should have said that though like i don't know it was not warranted um so i personally feel that way however with kim k's response i want to say it's a reach for people to say that sis is a slur i actually don't find the homophobia to be in sis i actually think with saying sis she was kind of trying to say like you're acting like a bitch you act like you know a female you're like you know like sis trying to degrade him in that way now, her comment that follows, we all know why you're not here for it, which then she added the painting nail emoji, the tea emoji, and the frog emoji, which we all know was you pretty it's much. Shady. Yeah, it's definitely shade, and we all know that you were pretty much trying to question his sexuality. Now, my problem with this is the fact that for you to kind of make the assumption about him being homosexual as if it's a dig or a negative or something for him to be embarrassed about, that was my problem. And that was kind of like, okay, it, it just kind of adds to the narrative of being homophobic. We all know that women tend to do this. Women in Hollywood do it all the time. Kate Michelle, Kim Kardashian, Nene Leakes. I see it all the time on reality TV. Most of these women who gays live for, so I don't really understand it, why the go-to when you're trying to defame a man is to automatically go to sexuality and pretty much say that he's gay, which implies that being gay is something negative and, you know, horrible to be, yeah. which is my problem, for one. Um, for two, what upset me out of all of this were the gay men who were pretty much backing Kim K's comments and going in to saying, yes, sis, get him together. Ooh, the real tea is, mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Like, you know, just backing her up and saying all this shit about Tyson Beckford and now saying like, oh, he really is gay. Ooh, she called him out. Where's the lie? All of that. Tyson Beckford is someone I have loved for a very long time. Um, Tyson Beckford, to me, is one of the very few heterosexual Black men allies that we have in the gay community. He's very, very progressive. He's very, very open, very supportive of the gay community. He's been in the fashion industry for a very long time, which, you know, he's used to being around gay men. He's done photo shoots with trans women and he received backlash for them and people questioned his sexuality, but he did not care. To me, that's very admirable. And for you as a gay person to really back Kim K on this was pissing me off because it, it further perpetuates why straight men don't want to be associated with gays at all. Because out of fear that, gay people and women are going to start calling them gay when they're not 
Tyson Beckford, I don't think is gay. I think he's 100% comfortable with sexuality. And for us as a community to kind of like go in on him about his sexuality when he's really supporting us, it's, it shows why a lot of straight men don't support us. So it's fucked up. And I think it's very sad, the fact that it's like self-hate, the fact that y'all are sitting there backing her up. And y'all do that with a lot of women that say shit like that. Y'all back them up and like, yeah. And pretty much saying that being gay, your very own truth is a negative and something to be embarrassed about when it's not. That's my problem. So it kind of pissed me off in that sense. And it was just kind of like, okay. And, and to me, it wasn't even a clap back that was all that. It's like I said, it's the go-to. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm tired. It's tiresome. Women do it all the time where it's no longer even a read. Like, we get it. Whenever you want to, like, make a nigga feel bad, you come for sexuality. Wow. It's not even a read anymore. It's not a dig. Okay. It's not a win. Like, get the fuck over but, it. But again, it's like, you know the girls stay bored on, on social media. So it was the anything to really take that heavy though again like i said to me i didn't feel like it was like a heavy issue that i need to stress myself about over and say oh whoa is the cause no it was just again people taking a little light jabs at each other because again you know i come from a day and age where we shoot the dozens and that's just kind of how i saw it as mm -hmm. i didn't see it as anything like oh anybody trying to like say anything like you know, it wasn't no uh, candy and Phaedra where, oh, you tried to rape me, like saying, like, 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 well, I, I guess saying that she uh, put some in the drink. No, it was just a little, like, a light little. I don't know. I don't know that, if I agree. I don't know if I agree. I think that the things that you are saying when you're not trying to say anything at all say a lot. <laughs> and I, I'm just, that's the way I internalize a lot. To well, what, me, does it the say underlying, a lot? Well, maybe it's just no, it does. Insecurities no, project, you're projecting onto that. Person. No, I think it says a lot to me. The the fact that it was homophobia, but it was a, it wasn't like you said, it wasn't a harsh homophobic comment. It was more underlying homophobia, which to me is very indicative of the well, fact yeah. as a culture we are very much so still homophobic. And when you have comments that, like, like you said, these women sit on national TV and they say these things, it's not you're directly coming for the gays, but underlying the fact that you do not find someone being home as an admirable trait. And it also makes you wonder as a gay person, are you really being accepted or are you being tolerated? You're being tolerated by these women because you can do hair and makeup. They really still don't fucking support you because the things that they say when they are upset or the things that they say have a lot of meaning behind it, in my opinion. Like, I'm not saying that they are blatantly like, fuck, gays burning hell but like i yeah. said the underlying like this shit is still something that's funny or it's still something yeah. that makes you less but, of a man is it's very problematic and i don't understand how you don't see that no but again for me it's like okay somebody who we knew had an issue with gay people then i'll be like more to like read into like everybody else however this is coming from kim kardashian who comes from a reality show where one, she's already surrounded by several gay men, uh, where her world that she uh, involves herself in is surrounded by gay men. So it's like, for me, I rarely take anything Kim K says seriously. So why would I take that? I mean, I agree. I agree. And I said the same again, thing. Who is Do she? I think that Kim K is homophobic and does not like gays? No. But I think that it is more so about the ignorance and how you truthfully feel. Although you don't dislike gays, you still feel that being gay is something that is not to, to hold up on a pedestal. It's not an admirable trait, which a lot of people feel that way. So it's not like blatant homophobia, but it's more so about mm -hmm. you kind of still take us as a joke. And I feel as though women, a lot of women, 
and men, they take us as a joke. Last week's episode, I talked about how Wiz Khalifa was basically talking about how he has to eat a banana, where it's like our sexuality is still taken as a joke and something that people really don't fuck with like that. They tolerate it because they have to, but at the same time, they really still have feelings about it that is not, they're not very authentic. So it's not even about like, and you're right, who gives a fuck about one person's opinion? I don't, but um, what I'm saying is, I, and, I, and I said this in the beginning, I'm not mad at Kim K or, um, it's more so, honestly, I'm more disappointed in gays who were sitting here backing her up in the homophobic comments she made towards Tyson Beckford and making a straight man who's comfortable with gay people feel a certain type of way. Now, if he was to be like, okay, well, I don't support the gays no more because now people think I'm gay, then all of a sudden we're not getting support. So stop trying to put that on people. And but again, everyone, everyone should, but stop, again, using that same home, everyone should stop using gayness as a dig in general. Gay people, straight people, men, women, stop using it as a dig because there's nothing to dig at someone that poor. That's all. But even as you, but again, and again, not to stay on this topic too long, but again, even as you say that though, would well, never mind. I ain't gonna go there. Well, we'll just stay, 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 stay there for next time. Yeah, I mean, like, at the end of the day, there's nothing funny about it. Homosexuality is a sexuality. What's funny about being straight? We don't make jokes about being straight, do we? So it's nothing more than a I preference. Do. Okay, well, I don't. I don't think it's anything that's oh. natu- necessarily funny. Well, it's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. It is. Um, but I think straight people do are very funny. Yeah. But again, it's, it's, not, it's not commonality. It's not them that you hear common. So that's why you probably don't pay attention to it. But no, I, I, I love making fun of straight people. I love making fun of all people. Okay. I never said but, making fun of, of straight people. I'm saying we don't use straight. Jokes, we don't make, jokes. we don't use straight as a dig or a way to like defame somebody. We don't use straight as something demeaning. You know, I, that's what I'm saying. But anyways, well, it's, it's now well, it's like gay. Breeders. What? People have used it for terms like breeders to be, uh, People use the term breeder in gay friends. sex. Girl, that's too. That is too. I think that's it's breeding is what you're referring to, not breed, not breeders. Two different, <laughs> two different things: breeding and breeders. Two okay. different things. But again, next on the hot topic list is. Please let's move on because I'm exhausted. Well, it's about your favorite, Nikki. Why don't you go ahead? Oh wow, we're starting early today, aren't we? So apparently. <laughs> Nicki Minaj has pushed her album back once again. Oh my gosh, I'm so sad. Now you say, let's take a moment to act like we give a fuck. That was quick. Oh my gosh. Chun Lee. I mean, what the fuck ever. Like, this is my thing. Um, I didn't even know there was a, an, an original release date because I don't follow um, Nicki to that girl, magnitude. Girl, I thought the album was already out. I just didn't <laughs> give it a listen. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have known either way. Now, what I find funny about it is that, like, sis, Nobody cares enough about this besides, you know, the the teens. The barbs. Yeah, like, nobody cares enough about this for you to keep pushing it back. Now, what is your purpose? I feel like it's funny because you're going to push this album back and push it back, further adding to the pressure for you to release some quality work. You're going to push this shit back, and you're still going to release trash. So it's just like, what is the point? Well, girl, according to Instagram, this is her best work, she says. So... So I feel like she says that about every album. Treat. Does she now? 
I just don't. I, I personally am not looking forward to the album. I'm not looking to listen. At this point, I never really look forward to anything that Nicki does, any music she puts out. If I happen to hear it, it's great. But I don't think anyone's sitting here anticipating, waiting for this as if it's going to be. I honestly um, was talking to my friend, and they okay. said they think that this album will be the album to either make or break Nicki's career because she's on thin ice. Uh, you know the gates will live for that. Either way, that is too funny. The fact that this bitch is pushing her album back. And, like, I just still feel like it's not going to be good. I don't see the purpose of you pushing it back. And I think you're just further building up the tension for people to just be like, okay, this better be good now. And you're going to set yourself up for disaster. That's all. Child. Well, in other news of artists that we actually really care about, to you guys, it's a non-shocking belief. My bitch, Rihanna. She will be seen on London's, well, excuse me, Great Britain's Vogue cover, which I think is just, again, well, not shocking, but amazing just in the fact that, you know, the editor-in-chief himself, well, editor of the magazine himself, you know, uh, said that he would personally style her for the shoot and everything, just because, again, this is also his first uh, September issue. So, again, shout out to Edward in a field, the editor over there at Vogue, uh, Great Britain. Also, in light of that, again, not my, not my girl, but shout out to her for what she doing, what she is doing, and that is Beyonce again, a second black woman on a major Vogue cover for the U.S. edition. Even shout out to her for hiring the first, again, people, the first, and out of a hundred years plus that Vogue has been running. Is having their first black photographer take pictures of for the Vogue magazine, which I, again, I think it's the cover only though. though. Like, it's the first uh, black photographer to shoot the cover of Vogue, right? Well, cover, yes, but still, that's like over a hundred years. And again, look at yeah, me, that's ridiculous. You and I both love and stand for Vogue because again, that was like a big part of our past like, as far as fashion. Right. But to think that we are just finally getting recognized, but. That's shocking. That just the this is the first time that a black photographer is doing the cover shot for a Vogue magazine. It's like, woof, America. That's shocking. Um, it is shocking. America. But I think that yeah, that's really dope. Shout out to Beyonce for making that happen because that's awesome as fuck. Um, this bitch is now able to pull the strings, so she can literally do. They're yeah. gonna do what the fuck. I think she has full creative control over the cover. Mm -hmm. Actually, she does. And I think that again, like I said. Shout out to, again, one thing I always say, you know, I'm never going to say I'm a fan of Beyonce's, but what I can do is always give that bitch her credit. You know, I, I give credit where credit is due. I, I'm not here to take nobody's accolades away from them. And to, like, even see, like, what her and Jay-Z are doing for the culture right now. Amazing to see. And again, inspiring to see that all of us can achieve that. Well, I'm a fan for sure. Like, I'm a fan of Beyonce. I'm a fan of um, her and Jay-Z's union. Uh, I, do I stand and do I like, you know, Are live? You yeah, I am a fan. I am a fan. I think she's extremely talented. I think that she has a I lot of power. I think she's... No, not necessarily. <laughs> I think that she's a super feminist. There's so many things to be a fan of. Am I a stan? No. Am I dangling off her pussy lips like most of you? No. So, I mean, yes, but I, I never took away from her actual talent. She's extremely talented. And the only thing that I've said, and I will continue to say, is that I do not think she's a fashion girl. And I'm not changing my views on that. However, she is an amazing entertainer. 
She's an amazing performer. So I don't think that yes. that's anything to not be a fan of. I give credit where credit is due, and she's awesome at that. Um, and she's super black now these days. So I know this Vogue cover is yeah, going to be super ethnic, and yeah, it's going to be lit as fuck. I'm ready to see what she's going to give, because, baby, if she take me to Africa, I'm going to fall out. and be like, well, you know what, B? You might actually get my props from now on. Because if she give me a whole African fleet of just black, blackity, black, black people on that magazine cover, <laughs> I can see it just in a high-fashion way. Blackity black black. Okay, awesome. Well, let's black black black. Let's hope for that. But since you brought up Rihanna too before, one thing I will album I am excited about. You know, not Nikki's, not Queen, but is Rihanna apparently is working on a dancehall album. Which all I can say, stop the press. I have not heard about this. You have not heard about it. I'm so excited. Now apparently there's like 500 different songs that she's currently going through to see what she's going to narrow it down to. It's a full dance hall album. So all I can say is everyone breaking this back. (laughs) Get your hips, get your hips insured because it's about to be a lit, you know, rest of the year whenever she drops I'm about to be in the dance hall. Boy, could come put the broomstick in me, y'all boy. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope it comes out like close to next summer though because i feel like mm-hmm. that would be mm-hmm. a me, fucking banger around my birthday time yes your birthday is in like the fall birthday mood huh no it's in the fall and i don't think it's gonna be out that soon like albums take forever to work Look, if she already got 500 songs the bitch she better run through them songs and give me that album or at least i think a good like spring album. spring summer of next year i feel like it can be the soundtrack for next summer like it's going to be every i just see like very vibrant colors i see visuals that are amazing as fuck and that's well, that's what i wanted I'm fuck your birthday bitch you, well look, i'm a rebuke what the hell you saying right now fuck your I birthday wanna, i want to come in with a good birthday move no and again nikki's all, nikki's gonna give wanna, you that who wanna, bitch nikki nikki can give me the grave <laughs> i don't i don't want nikki nikki's album can be your birthday's album Bro, that's gonna nikki be it's gonna lead me to driving off a cliff. That's what she's gonna lead me to. It sounds more on brand for you. Like, you know, Nick. On brand for who? For you. I see it for you. Adele is on brand for me. (laughs) A queen, yes. Well, Not that fool. Queen is the name of Nikki's new album. So yeah. I, again, on brand. Again. Um, okay, is there any more hot topics you want to go over? Because I feel like we're going into a lot of romantic oh, territories. Well, not really a hot topic, but more of a beware for the girls out there who are, you know, out here living their wonderful lives on uh, social media dating. Oh, is this PSA? But yes, it is PSA for those, again, public service announcement for those who didn't catch that. But PSA for you girls out there. So it's come to my attention that apparently there is a serial killer out here on Tinder. Yes, uh, you girls out here swiping left and he out here swiping your life. Oh my God. Y'all wanna be careful because the man's name is, I repeat, let me let me go back to my to my scroll log. What's, what's his name? Oh, hold on. Daniel Drayton. Beautiful black man, yes he is. But baby, when you swipe left on his picture, he taking you out. And apparently, from what he's saying, the voices are telling him to take your life. So I just want to advise all y'all out there on all these dating apps: be careful, baby, because look, it ain't safe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to say, well, yeah, that's really terrifying. Um, And also, I don't have that much experience with dating apps, but I did 
try Tinder when I first moved to LA because I didn't know anyone and my friends were trying to convince me to um, do it because I've never used a, a dating app prior to moving here. And I was like, well, how do I meet people? So I thought Tinder was like a nice one. Like it was kind of classy. It had like your bio, you can link to your Instagram. It had like your college and everything. It, it was kind of professional. So I was like, okay, cool. Bad thing is, and again, for those girls who caught that uh, sound bite last episode, you'll catch this one too. But the same girls that be on Tinder be the same girls that be on Jack. So it ain't nothing new. Just a different platform with the same shit. <laughs> I don't agree. I do not agree. But Girl, you know what's I crazy? I can go through and point them out to you if you need me to. But again. Wow. Wow. You're a regular, huh? Won't say what again. I'm in my making good face right now. So <laughs> I'm trying to do the weight. So. Right. Let me find out you got um, inspired by Sierra's level up and decided to take the Sierra and Megan Good route. I wouldn't say I was inspired by Sierra more Megan Good. She she lived more of my life than, than Sierra. <laughs> what do you mean Sierra has a past? She's dated so many different industry men from, C from 50 Cent to Bow Wow to... Next case. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. But what I will say about this, you know what's crazy? You know, I wanna, I wanna like take a moment to vent. I feel like every episode turns into a venting session for me. Um, this is not my topic, but it's something I just want to be. This is about therapy, so go Right. So I've been recently getting featured on um, a few of these um, fitness inspiration pages, which is you yeah, follow me on social media. Right. If you follow me on social media, you know I'm like super passionate about fitness and body and body positivity and all She's of that. She's serving you guys body realness. Okay. I'm trying to. Something slight. So basically. siren. That's not at all. That's not it. Yeah. But I've been getting featured on some of these photography pages that are like fitness based, which I really admire because it combines my love of photography and fitness. Um, and it's like really dope. It's really, really um, vindicating in a way. I'm like, okay, awesome. I feel honored. Now, what I've noticed, though, is the few that I've been featured on, I get um, quite a bit of like responses about how these pages lack diversity uh, and a lack of melanin on these pages. So when I look, I have noticed that it would be like in the, the, the grid, I would be sometimes the only black guy in them. And I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, wow. Like I didn't notice that someone pointed out and I'm just like, okay. Um, so and it's happened a couple of times and like people are like, kind of like give me a little backlash and I'm just like, okay. And so I went on my story and I was saying how it's important to support black creatives because um, we are the ones that are putting us in those spaces. Um, we brought up a exactly. conversation of how black men are oftentimes sexualized, but not often are we seen as art. Um, so mm -hmm. I think it's important to um, promote and to really um, make sure that you're supporting those black creatives because we are the one putting us in art. Um, also, and I thought it was a lesson for those people who are writing me, but also it doesn't take away from the validity of how I feel about getting featured on some of these great platforms, though. And I also noticed that I don't get featured on that many of the, um, the more ethnic pages when it comes to those. And I don't know exactly why, but I was just like, oh, wow, I just happened to notice that. So I'm just like, okay, well, am I supposed to shy away from or not feel as great about getting featured on another page because it lacks a little diversity when clearly these are the ones that like my style of photography. And if you follow me, a lot of my fitness photos are fitness photography. It's not just like a regular like gym photo. Like it's like, again, it's typically about like, the anatomy of a man is typically about like showing muscular men in like an artistic way. So um, it's most of my pages I follow are like that. I really just love it. And, um, but it also brought me, it reminded me of that because 
when you were talking about dating apps, also when I moved here, like I said, I never used a dating app before, but I would download, I downloaded all three. <laughs> yes, and what are those three? Um, the Grinder. Um, oh, yes, taking it back to Grinder. Yeah. The Jacked and yeah. the Tinder. Now, what I noticed though is that I got a lot of love on Grinder, though, and it could just be the sexualization of black men. I don't know. Grinder is very over sexualizing. <laughs> Of the black man, girl. So maybe that's natural. But I noticed on Jack, like, I wasn't popping like that. And I'm just like, you know, wow, like, I don't know how to feel about this. I feel like a little, like, Serena Williams. You know how, like, you know, like. Because, I mean, to cut you off, but the reason why that is, because, and again, think think about it right now. And I want you to think about it, too. Being on Jack is like being at the club, girl. It's because, you know, when you see that person in the club, but you don't speak. It's the same fucking thing. Oh, really? Well, I was fairly What's new to all of this altogether. Well, well, I mean, again, you're story. you're a veteran in the game, so I respect your views. Oh, I won't, I won't um, say a veteran. We out here doing, out here doing, doing it all the same. Well, this was my first time, like honestly, and and I'm twenty. I was twenty six. Well, I was twenty five when I moved here when I did it. So I, I'm my old twenty five years of living. I've never used a dating app. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna try it. And at first, I'm thinking like, I don't know, because I had, of course, my, um, you know, my prejudgments already of it being highly um, hypersexual and all that. But um, I did it, and I opened myself up to it, and it was like interesting. But I noticed that I did not get that much love from the black men, but on like Grinder, like the white man loved me. So I was just like, I was just wondering, you know. Uh, and we all know that I'm open to interracial dating as well, which a lot of people are not. But it's like sometimes I feel like, you know, other races be checking for me more than like black guys do. And I was just wondering, like, what is that? Like, I'm not being featured on the black pages for body. I'm not being, you know, and I was thinking like, well, maybe I'm not that aesthetic of attractive because I'm not the most like, you know, I'm not a daddy. I don't have like a beard and like, you know, you know, big tatted, you know, fucking muscles or whatever the case may be. But also I think it's because So basically you ain't looking like Wakanda out here is what you're saying. I'm not looking like Wakanda and I don't know if that that I'm not sexually appealing to that demographic. Or it could be the fact that like I said, um a lot of my photos they are more artistically inclined. And I noticed that some of the um ethnic pages they don't feature it's more about like the attractiveness and not so much about the artistic point of, mm. the, of the photo. And that could probably be just a big standout of it. Maybe Maybe the black page needs to take more uh, creative uh, aspect to, or maybe this it's not about the creative aspect compared right. to. Right. Maybe I need like a, just a dick bulge in the in the bathroom selfie pic, oh, and I like a feature. Girl. girl, take that sock out, girl. Ain't nobody looking at that. <laughs> wow, we're gonna move on. Um, but that was just like something I wanted to vent about, and just like I, I don't know if you had the answers, you know, mother. Um, but you know. Well, I was just wondering. You know, mother has an answer for you. <laughs> Are you ready for it? Of course. Gay life is hard. <laughs> that sums up everything. You're right. Okay. It does. Okay. But, you want to go off and branch off into the topics now, though? Yeah. Let's jump into that. So my topic of the day, well, was inspired by the Cookout podcast. So again... Shout out to the Cookout Podcast over there with Chase and unofficial but yet co-host, my friend Jamil. Hey. But, yeah, he aight. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> but just recently, and again, I told you about it, they just had an episode where they had two straight men on there and two gay men. And they 
and again, who were all black, but they had a cop, they were on there to discuss what made them as gay and straight black men different, but also what made them the same. And so one of them proposed a question to, well, one of the straight guys proposed a question to the gay guys, what are your straight spaces like, as far as like you including yourself within straight spaces? And that conversation like really got me thinking, because I know for myself, I'm not in too many straight spaces, because again, one, my circle isn't too fond of going to straight places, what straight spaces, and then two, just, I've just never really in that environment to be. So I had a, a, what do you call it, a suitor come over, and I asked him the question, just again, to get the ideas out there. And Hold on, wait, over. a suitor come over? <laughs> yes. Is that I, like? I, I, I'll, I'll label him a suitor. But I mean, I'm, I'm kind of confused though, like with the labeling, well, are you just saying like okay. a potential? He's, yeah, he's a potential, date. somebody I'm uh, dating, I guess I'll call, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. So. Just needed clarity. He can't, unofficially dating, but yeah. So we were talking or whatever, and I went to proceed to like, you know, ask him, like, was he, uh, as far as like when he goes out, does he, put himself in a lot of straight spaces or is he in a lot of gay spaces? And he responded that, you know, well, he generally hangs around straight spaces. I was just curious, well, why is it that you hang in more straight spaces than you do gay spaces? And his answer was he hangs out in more straight spaces because the gays stay in trouble. And, uh, you know, that just really struck a chord with me, not in a, a offensive matter, but in a shock that, you know, this stigmatization is still out there as far as like the gay community. And okay. as far as like, if you think that is still a stigma out here, and if you do, or if you do, or if you don't, just how do you even feel about that being a stigma over the gay community? Um, Break up with them. Oh, sorry, was, was that your question? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Oh, okay, sorry. Ooh. Um, and again, <laughs> we may have to because a whole nother topic came up for a whole nother day in that conversation as well. But yeah, well, now I'm intrigued. So, what he's bottom? Okay, so, anyways, <laughs> another conversation. So, okay, where does that stigma come from? Well, first off, I just want to know how do you feel about that stigma that gays stay in trouble? Because, like I said, like, I, like I said. I was like, you know me, like I'm, I'm not offended by too much, but I guess because you know me, I, I stand strong in my blackness and being a proud gay man as well. But like, as far as like, when you hear that, what is that like? How does that just make you feel? Gays stay in trouble. Yes. Um, I originally when you brought this to me, I didn't understand the context, and I was just kind of like, what do you mean, gays stay in trouble? Like, I don't get it. Like, um. I kind of still don't get it, but um, like, okay. Well, okay, so okay, so I'll give you more insight. So from his perspective, because again, the gentleman who I was talking to, right, the short version, he had a past as far as like he had been involved in the ballroom scene when he was younger. Oh, well, housing, housing. <laughs> so he had been witness to, you know, everybody knows that you know. Well, I say everybody knows, but for those who have been involved. You know there are your girls who do craft and scheme to get ahead, 
And so that's what he was referencing. So is that only ballroom gays, though? Because every gay is not into but, the ballroom scene. How would you say that as a generalization? generalization over the, well, yeah, a generalization over the gay community and not put that over just a individual perspective. Individuals yeah, I mean, have criminal, I agree. Well, taking criminal activity to get ahead, rather <laughs> criminal activity put it on the gay community as far as they're saying that we stay in trouble. Because again, like, well, I think that people generalize a lot, and I don't think there's anything wrong with um, generalizing. I mean, ultimately, it does create stereotypes, and they're out there for a reason. Um, coming from someone who did not really grow up in gay culture, um, I kind of see where he's coming from in a sense because I did not know much about gay culture, but the things I did know, it was basically like, specifically when it comes to the ballroom scene, I have very, very strong opinions about it as well. So, I yeah. mean, of course, there, are, there, is known, I, I there are certain it. things it's known for, and that's, of course, not the entire gay scene, so I think he should be specific. Um, and that's why Pose was a really good show to help me understand a lot more about, because of course, you know, like with any, I feel like with any subculture, there are negatives and there are positives as well. So we're not gonna act as though like these things have not been proven to be true to a certain extent, not saying it's mm -hmm. every single one of them. And him being someone that has been in that actual space and not, and you have it and nor have I, I will understand that he probably does know a little more about that particular space. So I don't think that he's, uh, his like opinions are invalid necessarily. Yeah. I just think at the end of the day, it is a very like, it's a very it's a blanket statement that you can't just put on every person yeah. that's gay that's all but yeah and like again don't get me wrong like don't get me wrong i i hear where you're coming from with it but my thing fact is that he is, himself is a black gay man so as a black gay man why are you continue well continuing to un one well, and trying to rid that uh rid that stigma on us i mean to a certain extent however at the end of the day i think he's more so speaking on his experience and i don't think you can take away from that because again you haven't been in that scene to know exactly what he's saying i do think again but like no, i but said no, but, but again I, I can you let me finish talking there. so i can tell you like oh, what, I'm, what i'm saying at the end of the day i think that it's a blanket statement that he did place on everyone however he should be more specific to what he meant and again um similar to me and you you know subscribing to the narrative that niggas ain't shit which we are niggas who are you know and we're for us to say niggas ain't shit is that further perpetuating narrative and then they know we're speaking on our experience and at the but end of the day we have black boy joy as well well it is but i'm saying <laughs> again it is still does not take away from no, the fact that niggas that. ain't shit so i think that um i get what you're saying and for you to feel as though you're hypersensitive about him saying that however not hypersensitive about kim k i'm not i'm gonna go there the comparison and all, all of that how it's not that serious because I personally feel like... But again, like, like I said, I'm not, I'm not sensitive about it. My thing is that just, I was like, just, I guess, stunned that that is still like a narrative being projected. Well, no, I'm, I'm stunned that, like that, that I'm stunned that we are still using gay as a dig. But I mean, I guess, again, that's oh, well, why. well, hey. Right, well, exactly. Hey, you know, you like your apples. I like my oranges, you know, hey. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Uh, at the mm -hmm. end of the day, it's all, it is a dangerous narrative. However, I find that it is difficult. Cause I feel like automatically when we talk about things in our very own culture that affect our own culture, if it's something that is not negative of something we would like to see change, we oftentimes are like bashed for like, oh, you're not really supporting your culture. You're not really proud of being black. When it's like, well, no, there's plenty of things that are problematic as fuck in our culture, like homophobia. And if you call it out, then it's like, oh, we well, shouldn't be saying that because, but it's actually true. So at the end of the day, it's not saying like, it's not a bash fest, let's be clear. But I don't see there anything wrong with but, calling but I, but out I things like that you want to see change. The way that he kept, and, and, and again, maybe because I didn't, 
because I, because again, I, I don't want to make the boys seem like in a bad light because I tried to give it to you as green as possible. But again, like I said, it wasn't like it was just one time that this was said. It was like a a, a saga. He doesn't <laughs> like gays. <laughs> but 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 you're sitting here in front of a gay man. He just came to fuck, to sis. I'm sorry to tell you. Man. That's why I said break up with him. But but but, but hold on. In that mix of you saying that though, that leads also to what I kind of posted on Instagram, which was day, like, which was like, because again, it had to do with that topic. Because again. I oh like no, it. I love this topic. I love yeah. that one. So basically the question was, what do you yeah. do when you're attracted to problematic qualities in um an individual? And I love that. Like I'd rather actually go into that than this because this is like Ooh, yeah. Wow. So That's crazy. No, I mean still your topic though. I was like, oh wow, look at you. This is cute. Like look at you thinking. Um Girl, I stay thinking. Do you? Do you? Okay. I, yeah. Um I say thing about you. Thank you. You're not the only one, though. Appreciate it. Girl. Get in line. Okay, but Are listen. Sure? <laughs> so basically, I put this on my story, and some of the responses I got were so, so interesting, and, like, they were, like, great. Okay, so basically, I said, and I wanted to speak on in my own personal experience um, when it comes to this, um, and me and my friends were recently talking about this as well, actually. We were talking about how we have changed our, not necessarily our type, but the things that we're attracted to in individuals as we get older. Um, and there's plenty of things mm -hmm. when we were younger that we thought to be like, oh, it's really attractive or something that we wanted our partner to have that now it's like, mm, no. But we have plenty of people that are our same age that still are attracted to some of those things that we find Girl. problematic, but it's like, okay, you know, and it's all based off of experience. So, um, a lot of people said what I would do, which was a lot of self-introspective work, is I would dig deep to understand why I find this quality attractive. And maybe if it's linked to something in my childhood, maybe someone in my childhood. And I was like, I love the fact that, you know, you guys are digging deep in self-introspective work. And I feel like I did that personally myself. Um, so in my past, I used to have an attraction towards only masculine men, like super masculine, you know, like, I feel like a lot of gays go through that uh, definitely in their younger years of being attracted to uh, guys who are so masculine that they almost seem straight, you know? Oof. And, to, um, to the point where they drive you crazy. Exactly. So now I think it's all about experience. So after experiencing someone, you know, like that and finding how problematic I find that it can be. Um, the mere sight of, you know, hypermasculinity really makes me cringe. It turns me off. I don't find it attractive anymore. And I think that it's really based off of like your experience. It's almost like being attracted to something that you know is bad for you. Do you choose to indulge anyways? Or do you like, are you like, yeah, I may find this attractive, but I'm not going there. I guess it's all about willpower. But what do you do? Oof. Uh, you go there anyways. I didn't know because I was still, <laughs> I was still stuck between it. Because again, as somebody else, and again, this was the childish, and this was the childish part of me that thought this. But, but sometimes you have to, you overlook it just because the D two good. I was literally about to say that, and I was about to say like, well, not for me. I was about to say that's probably your case, but. Um, so. And that's that's interesting. Okay, you need to reevaluate your life. And again, this is not to say people. It's not to say that I I involve myself in these things because again, I don't. But however, you, I've been there. You just told you on yourself, sis. No, he. I, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, um, and uh, he's probably like, if he's listening to this, really excited. He's like, yeah, I know, right? 
dig that bitch down. At the end of and the- if he is, he didn't. <laughs> but um, I find it interesting because someone said that basically everyone's attracted to problematic qualities because if someone is too nice or not problematic at all, they're boring and you're not excited mm. by it. And I said, well, I don't, Are they boring? I don't I think know. that... I, some perspective. I will say, I said, at the end of the day, just because you don't like something about someone doesn't make that thing problematic. A lot of people don't like really kind guys. That doesn't mean that they're problematic because they're kind. It just means that you're yeah. not attracted to that quality. Yeah, um, but, but, but even still, let's say that nice guys can be fuck niggas as well. We all saw that with Lawrence, boo. <laughs> and I know quite a few nice guys that are fuck niggas. So again, that <laughs> That doesn't mean anything just because you nice. <laughs> nice guys are the worst fucking niggas. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I was basically saying another thing was me. This is a personal experience again. I used to be attracted to assholes. Like I know it, and it's one of those things when I was younger. I just thought it was such a rush. It was so fun. And I'm like, okay, you know, like I love to talk shit. I'm very sarcastic. I'm very crass. So when I find that quality in someone else, I kind of find it attractive because it's like, I will always equate someone who's kind of an asshole and outspoken as being real. So I feel like he's honest, he's real. And it's like, no, you're yeah. kind of just an asshole. So I knew that about myself. And this is actually one of the things like I ranted about on my social media, Aries men. Um, if you follow me, you know that I absolutely hate Aries men. <laughs> and I don't like yeah. them at all. Yeah. One of our good friends is one. Yes, I don't like him either. Just kidding. Um, but <laughs> I do not like Aries men, and I go on this rant all the time. But the thing about it is I always attract Aries men. Naturally, they are attracted to me. Naturally, I sometimes am attracted to them physically. Like, their attitude a little bit is something about it. And it's like, you know, but I refuse because you guys are assholes. Like, y'all really are. Most Aries men I know are assholes. Most of them cannot effectively communicate, and they always resort to, like, Ooh. violence or always just being really, like, not learning to use their words. They always, and most of them, I put it on my story one day, and I was like, Aries are so fucking annoying. You guys all are very childish and immature. You don't know how to communicate. And y'all always talking about fighting. <laughs> and I said, and y'all all can't fight. And I was like, none of you can fight, basically. And I got a bunch of responses where everybody was like, well, first of all, definitely alive. We definitely can't fight. We do thump. And I said, right, <laughs> you only proved me right because but I was proving a point that you're childish that. because you don't know how to communicate effectively. And I also posted a photo of Tammy Roman because she is the epitome of an Aries to me. Maybe not an Aries man, but, but she's, she, she's a very an Aries. She's okay. an Aries all the way through and through. Like, she childish as do fuck, doesn't know how to effectively communicate, always lashing out, that. always being no, valid. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. I, I would not say that Tammy can effectively communicate. She can't. She can. She can't. Because, look. She said, what'd you say? Oh, I feel come a little close. I didn't hear you quite too well. Oh, yeah, because that's mature. Okay. As like a 50-year-plus old woman. Okay, stop it. Like, at some point, look, it's not cute anymore. Okay. It, look, I heard the greatest words from one of my old coworkers. And she said, look, I'm 30 years old, but these hands still 20, okay? <laughs> I don't know if I want to be fighting at that age. Why well, you say 30? I was kind of young. But there's no way I'm about to be 50 or Tammy's age. And like, you're fighting all the time. And I think that the thing about it is like, the accountability just isn't there. It's always someone else's fault because they made you yeah. mad. And because they are like, the world is not going to censor themselves to you. So at the end of the day, it's like, that's my problem. I think with Aries in general, I think that they are very, 
very immature. I think it's a childish trait. I think at some point you really do have to learn how to use your words and be accountable for your actions. And you can't always just be fighting and like lashing out and acting a fucking fool and then justifying it with, well, you know, whatever, which is fine. If that's your thing and it works for you and whoever you're around, that's just not what I like. And I'm not going to be in a relationship with someone who acts that way personally. Or what she want to be around mm-hmm. in general. In, ge- in general. So um, that's basically so it. If you're with that bullshit, stay away. Stay away, please. Aries, get away from me. Thank you. Um, and I'm not like someone who's super strict about like Zodiac, but I, I do believe I have enough experience with Aries men specifically to know that like, I feel, again, the attraction is there for the most part. I feel like it's natural, like this attraction. But I just think you guys are assholes, and I, I, I just don't indulge. I, I would rather have a Sam Smith because he's amazingly sweet to me. And, well, you yeah. know that they say the Zodiac twin to the Aries is it's the Sagittarius. No, they don't say that. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck to stop Googling things. Um, okay, so anyways, that was a really, really good topic. Like Mary said it best. Bad boys ain't no good, and good boys ain't no fun. So it can be fun oh, to be good. with someone. Oh, girl. <laughs> it can be fun to be with someone who's kind of like an asshole. And I feel like the fun stages where it's just like, you know, it's banter, but like trying to be in an actual relationship with someone that's like a bad boy. I, I don't know. I just, it's not my thing. Um, but shout outs to y'all that still know that y'all like that. And the dick is just that great when you put up with it. Because, yeah, that's great. Like Dijon. Um, so no, I'm just actually just be celibate like me. Are you? Yeah. You are making good in Sierra. Check you out. Um, yes. All right. So it's, Deal with Jack messages. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you done with your topic? Because I want to open mine up. Yeah. Um, kind of. Get up to yours now. Okay. So my topic was inspired by a few different things. Um, so basically, I was recently watching the movie Love, Simon, which came out like earlier this year. Um, Amazing film. So good. So it's basically about a um, white teenager who's in high school and ends up struggling with sexuality. And he actually ends up being outed um, by someone he goes to school with and like dealing with that and navigating going through high school. Like, so I was watching it and it was so good. Oh my God, like I bawled. At the movie, it was so good. Like I really did. Like it was Wasn't so good. good. It was so good. Like it was so good. Okay. So, anyways, she I want no pose. <laughs> so basically, oh, a combination of watching Love Simon. Um, I also um watch Jada's Red Table Talk, which is one of my favorite things to watch now. It's like my favorite self help thing currently. It was actually one of the motivations for me to start my podcast because I think Jada Jada Pinkett Smith is amazing. Um, I love the fact that like. Her show is so, so like authentic and real and that she's like having these very hard conversations with her family and it's just like really, really dope to me. So that recent episode with her, EJ Johnson and his mom, and they were basically talking about, um, you know, EJ's sexuality and how um, basically they let him know that they accept him and they love him, but they also had to prepare him for the hard reality that the world is going to treat you differently because of how you are. So it was like, to me as a parent, I'm like, oh my God, this is beautiful. That's amazing because not only are you showing your children unconditional love, but you're also um, preparing them for reality. Now, I don't want kids, but I know you said that you do. And I have a, a couple other friends that like say they want kids. When I watched Love, Simon. Love the boy. Yeah, which is great for you. Congratulations, happy birthday. I'll babysit, but I don't want my own. And um, oh, She'll never come to your house. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love Simon at the movie whenever he came out to his parents. His mom gave this beautiful speech, which was basically saying that, like, he asked her, did you know already? And she says, I know you had a secret. She was like, as I watched you get older and I watched you grow and navigate life, I could see you almost start to, like, hold your breath. And, like, I, I watched as a parent, and she's like, now that you came out to me, and she's, like, crying, she's like, I love you unconditionally, and you can breathe now. Like, you can breathe. And to me, it was just like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know about your coming out experience, but, like, mine was, like, not like that. But it also mm -hmm. made me wonder, like, as a parent, most people I'm I know. I'm not forced. <laughs> most people I know that have came out um, to their family, 95% of their parents already knew. Like, they say, I knew already. I knew already. Um, that was my experience. Yeah, good parent. You ought to. Right. So that was my experience. That's many of my friends' experience. So my question is, as a parent, if you notice this thing about your child and you notice that they're struggling with this identity issue or trying to be themselves and navigate this world with kind of feeling suffocated, how can you really not address it at all? Like, how can you just ignore it as if it's something that's going to go away? And if you all know this, why come you never pulled your child aside and asked them about how they're feeling, asked them about things, what's going on in their life? Like, I don't understand why you have, you know this, but you haven't said anything. Watch your child struggle through life. I don't really understand it as a parent, and I'm not a parent, and I don't want to be, but you're someone who's an aspiring parent. How do you feel about that? Was that your experience? And is the, how would you, how would you handle that with your children? Like, how, what kind of relationship do you want to have with your children? Okay, so I feel there's many questions on that, but I guess I guess I'll start with uh, how my parents reacted when I came out. Well, uh, I was I want to say my, uh, I never told my parents anything. Uh, they both confronted me. My mother confronted me because she found gay porn. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Yes, you know, fourteen and just loving those lights off and being the whacker. But yeah, she discovered through gay porn and she had a little heartfelt, but again, with her, she like my mom, she ain't never going nowhere. Like, I'm I'm her good Judy. So she ain't never leaving my side. So it's never anything I had to worry about her. Like my only uh, thing I always had to worry about was just my dad, because I knew like, well, since I was young, me and my father, we had an estranged relationship because again, we just kind of are both the same as far as like we're stubborn people who believe in what we believe and you can't do too much changing of that you know bible no bible thumper but he definitely has a relationship with god and his whole thing was like he was more worried for my soul and like i told my dad it's like doesn't need you to worry about my soul because my soul is good me and god we got this what i just need for you to do is just be supportive of your son and what he's going to do with his life so that's all i ever asked from him but as far as of like, when it comes down to me becoming a parent and how I would do a situation like that, well, one, and again, this may come as a shocker, may be a little problematic, but for me, being a gay man, and don't get me wrong, I would love to have a child who resonates with the LGBT experience However, I would not want my child to be LGBT. And that's only because I say, because I know the hardships that I had to go through as far as like becoming comfortable with myself, as far as like the world accepting me, I would never want them to have to go through all that struggle 
on their own internally how I had to do it. That, you know, straight, gay, whatever, this is going to be an open household for you because, again, you know, my my mouth is already going to be a little crazy. And with my kids, it ain't going to change. You can't feel like you can openly communicate those things to me. Like, again, that's as you pointed out with Jada and Will, that's something I really loved about them because even you put me onto the Red Table Talk and when I was listening to them talk about the whole sexuality thing, it's like, this is the kind of parent team that I would want to have with my son or daughter or both if I had yeah that. and that's so just to where we have those kind of open communication with each other right and I was gonna say when you said you don't want to get child because you don't want them to face your same struggles I think that as a parent if you you can change the struggle within themselves by letting them know that whoever they are that, that it's okay and they're, they're not gonna have the same experience as you did because you're you're not gonna make them feel as though being who they are in general is something wrong with that. Um, I want to actually use this as like a segue because it's, it's kind of similar still in the area of parenting. But I was talking yeah. to one of my friends about, um, I was talking to one of my friends one day. He was like babysitting his nephew and nieces. And one of the nephews started speaking in the back and he sounded like, oh my God, he was so articulate. Like he was so like, he sounded like a baby genius. Like he was just so well-spoken. <laughs> he was just like the cutest thing. Like he spoke like, I don't know, it was amazing. He's a little black boy. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with him. Like already, like it made me low key, right? It made me consider like, oh, I would love to have a, like a beautiful little articulate, creative, just amazingly like, just uh, like a, a little seed that's like super curious that I can just like, just show them the world, of course. And I was saying, like, oh my God, like, he reminds me of like my younger self in a sense. Um, now, I think like some people would say, like, he talked kind of like a little white kid or whatever, because my friend made that joke. Um, but I was like, oh my gosh, that's they're so beautiful. Um, and I was another, just, another piss poor stigma in our community. Yeah, it is. But I was just like, okay, like, oh my God, I was obsessed with him. So I was saying that, like, my friend, we started talking about his experience growing up with a father being gay. And my experience, I didn't grow up with a father being gay. I was raised by women. And I, I remember young, at a young age kind of sometimes wondering if I was like missing out on something. But as I got older, I, I don't feel like I was lacking anything actually at all. Having a dad, it's like his dad would say things. And even to his little nephew, who's like a baby genius, who I'm just like obsessed with, of like things like, put some bass in your voice, boy, or like um, something you said was like, he's raising, he wants to raise a manly man, or he wants to raise a man who's work, who can work in the field, not no, nobody who want to work in a cubicle or something. And my first thought is like, first and foremost, like, why would you want your children to work in the field? Like, I don't know, why would you want them to strive for better than that, if my first thing. And then for two, I think that oftentimes parents do this thing where they literally want to control who their child becomes in a sense, I guess, because they're, I personally don't feel as though your children, I mean, I guess I can't speak on this too much because I don't have them, but your children yeah. should not be an extension of you. You should realize that you're raising little seeds of your own and they are going to become their but, very own individuals. Like you're not raising see, a, a branch of you. You're raising a, a complete, a, a person who's going to become their very own adult. So whatever that entails, I feel like you should, really water them in that way not to try to sway yeah. which way they go in life but to understand yeah. that you're raising someone so whatever they decide to be i feel as though you should really be encouraging you should be accepting because eventually you're not going to be here and they're going to be a whole as individual of their own yeah. so i don't understand the sense of control in that sense and also the fact that you would say like you don't want this little boy who's super smart and articulate who could um 
easily change the world through his words. You would rather him be someone who can cut the fucking grass. And like these traits in him that are so amazing that I see, you don't find them to be traits that are like admirable at all. You actually think that it makes him less of a man. It's bullshit. And I don't understand it. Looking back at just, I guess how I was growing up, I guess like, like you said, like when you uh, hear stuff like that, when it comes down to like, you know, oh, toughen up, man up. Like, cause even still to, even still to this day, I, I, my father finds himself stepping into that stereotypical father uh, who was raised from elders side where he'll, he'll say sometimes to me, Dijon, put on your deep voice, but uh, just to, to gag him, I'll make it even higher, say it like this. But again, <laughs> that's, that's just what the fuck? You know, when you say some <laughs> shit like that, I'm going to do the opposite of what you want. So, but again, it's just my, my father's relationship. Like, it's just, it's just who we are. I understand where parents do come from with it. Because again, this is how they've been taught on how to raise kids. And well, especially young men, it's how they've been taught to make, to make them better. Telling them, oh, go out there, do the yard work or go out there and be manly as possible. But I say it's a generational curse that I feel like we have to break. And I feel like, again, we are breaking because, again, like with people like Jada and Will who are out there having this conversation with their kids, it's putting an end to the saga. But again, you just still see unfortunate uh, resonance of it still today. I'm glad that's not my experience. And I think that at the end of the day, like, I've never actually been like, you know, a lot of you, obviously, I don't know if your father ever beat you, but I've never been beat by a man. Like Ooh. I've never been, I've never got a whipping by a man. Yeah, like, and I'm, I, I don't know how it handled that experience. And also um, the father figure I did have in my life was my brother's dad, is my mom's ex-husband, is my stepdad and they were married. Um, they were together for like 14 years. So I did have him, but he was super progressive. He was from New York, so he wasn't Southern. He was actually the first person to tell me that like, if I wanted to be gay, be gay. Like, it was like, he's so progressive in that way. I'm like, I really admire him because he's really, really Be just, a queen. Yeah, pretty much. But he's pretty awesome. Like, he's amazing. And I'm really glad I had that experience and not the other, because I don't, I've always been kind of rebellious in that way. And I don't know how that would have ended with, you know, a dominant male figure over me. Um, like, telling me, like, oh, all what? that shit. Like, no. like, I'd go back and forth because I'm like, oh my God, like, how amazing would it be to have, like, a little child that is just like, so kind of innocent and then like curious. I feel like my child would be very curious because I was curious as a child and I'm still curious as an adult. And if I did have a child, my dream daughter would be Yar Shahidi. I love her. I love everything about her. Oh, I think she's absolutely genius. She's beautiful. She's articulate. She's well-spoken. Um, she even talked in Oprah's podcast about how her family allowed her to really be explorative and for one christmas she asked for a bible and the next christmas she asked for the quran and they gave them her both like both to her and i'm like that would so be me as a parent i would literally want my child to be so like exposed to everything i would want my child to really not feel limited like uh, like sometimes i felt and like i feel like i would literally want them to just like become a little like person i want them to be whoever the fuck they want it to be and i would help them mm -hmm. find who they are in this world rather than have them be who i wanted them to be as long as my child is happy i think I, that's all i would honestly care about but when do you parent because again your child's life can't be full of uh rainbows and cookies though i didn't say those rainbows and cookies i think that parenting comes from i feel as though your job as a parent is to prepare your child for the real world in real life yeah, and as i feel as, as though a lot of people don't, they kind of shelter their children so that they can keep them 
limit it to where they can kind of like control them in a way, in a sense, not like purposely, that they are, and also a lot of parents can only do what they know. And I think that their fear is that their child is going to um, become bigger or outgrow the spaces that they have and they won't be able to keep up with their child in a way. Like I feel as though like you kind of teach what you can or teach what you know. Um, I feel like you can parent, but my job is to teach you about reality. So when Jada and was talking with Willow about sex, the reality of sex and how she says a lot of parents don't go into those areas because we talk about the bad stuff, but we don't tell them the good parts. And it, it, it scares the child and their first sexual experience, they're terrified and they're unprepared because at the end of the day, we all know that one day sex is a part of life. So why not talk to your child about these and, and like literally talk to them and be detailed and just be real with them. But we try to censor our children from reality. But I do understand those parents who do show to their kids some things because Again, this world, let's not forget, is still a cruel place. Well, just because you and, shelter them does not mean like you, it's almost like you yeah, ignore and, it yeah, as if it doesn't and, exist. Wouldn't you much yeah, rather prepare again, them? Yeah, we realize that, but at the same time, it's still, I, though, though, again, I still, though I realize it does exist, I'm still not going to put my child in that predicament to where it can cause harm to them. I, I'd rather them do that at a place where they have the response to where, where, where it's in their control, rather where right now to their 18th, their life is in my control. All parenting is just based on the certain skill level that you've been given from your own parents, from generations, or again, just what you experience also in the world. See something. Yeah, when you see like a child, like I said, this little articulate little boy was just amazing. Why don't you sit there and like fuel that, like that, that part of him that's just beautiful, but if you want him to, you know, like censor that part of him because he needs to be more masculine. It's like, no, let him be articulate. Let him be amazing. Let him be, you know, bigger than what you can think of. Like you want your child to work in the field because you want to be masculine and you're not letting him reach for the stars because it's something, I think it's, it's fear. I think it's fear. You want to keep your children in a place where you can protect them. But I think that there's no protecting anyone from reality because eventually they're going to be faced with it. And I would, I would much rather them be equipped to handle the realities that they're faced with. Fair point for you. That is. That's awesome. And I think it's like, you know, like I said, really, really interesting. You guys should definitely check out Jada's Red Table Talk. It's such definitely. a good show. I've never seen, like, they're such an eccentric Black family. I absolutely love it. And I think that they just really go there. I feel like this was a very heavy episode, though. This is like a very, like, serious, like, Oof. episode of, like, well, really good conversation. Some episodes down because we have a very heavy episode coming soon. But yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! I loved the conversation. It was good. This was good. Yes, I loved it. Again, every every episode it just keeps getting better, and it feels like just home on here. So I I love it. Awesome, awesome. We hope you guys took something from the episode today. Um, yes. For those of you who are parents, maybe, you know, we help you challenge some of the social normatives or maybe, you know, to see things again, different give ways. us some feedback on what we said that was wrong, you know? And thank everyone for your feedback on the question about um, being attracted to the problematic qualities in a person. Y'all really, really made me think a lot more about it. It was really, really dope. Um, and I love the interaction. So I definitely want to continue to get feedback on or topics that you guys think that we should talk about. Um, so yeah, this is the official episode. Is this episode four, three, four? four. Episode four. All right, it's exciting. All righty then. Get your numbers together. I know, right? So again, make sure you follow us on social media at Zakori Uncensored, um, Z-K-O-R-I Uncensored, and Spicy 
underscore mustard. All right. Um, make sure you guys listen to us on Spotify. We're available on Spotify as well as our SoundCloud. And um, yeah, we hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. And uh, I guess we will see you guys next time. Next time, guys. See ya. Come on, come on. Do a baby, do a baby, do a baby, do a baby.